2: bird on bears fans appreciate you guys for tuning in and rocking with your boy we got another episode of the daily show cracking uh going live at five might be the move going forward but it's absolutely the move today because we got Chicago Bulls basketball tonight so before we get into the Bulls we gotta talk about our Bears let me get them bird in the chat appreciate everybody for tuning in and showing love to the channel as always man also so got to let you guys know to make sure that you're also supporting our sponsors this episode is brought to you by bird dog whiskey where life is short so add a little bit of flavor that's what we want to do here man check the link in the description below to support uh, bird Dog Whiskey. Appreciate you guys for pulling up for another episode, right? We we got uh, press conferences to get to. Luke Getzey talked today. Uh, Coach Williams talked today. Coach Hightower talked today. So definitely want to get into those. Justin Fields talked today. Um, probably won't get into all the coaches today. Maybe just get into Getzey um, and a little bit of Williams. And then we want to hear from Justin Fields and Roquan also spoke as well. So hearing from those guys, more important. like I love Hightower right for the great, great question, but we gotta, yeah, I mean, we, we gotta, we gotta move with what we got out here, man. We gotta go with the importance, the important parts right now, um, And then, of course, answering the main question on the table, right? Um, There's been a lot of talk around a guy like DJ Moore coming to the Chicago Bears, especially with everything that went on with the Carolina Panthers uh, firing Matt rule yesterday. And so they're essentially becoming a rebuilding team. And so now the question on the table is, should the Chicago Bears be in on DJ Moore? And I'm going to tell you why the Chicago Bears actually should take a deep look at DJ Moore. I mean, a serious one, right? Um, Especially just based on... what we have going forward. So let's jump into the show today, man. Appreciate you guys for showing love. Let's start with the question, right? Should why, why should the Bears be looking so deeply at DJ Moore? Do you feel like the Bears should look deeply at DJ Moore? I know on the video I dropped today, right, there was a lot of people that didn't believe the Bears should be going after a guy like DJ Moore. They felt like, hey, you know, he's not... He's very similar to some pieces we may already have here. Um, They felt like Bayless Jones can turn into him. They felt like, right, like you got to allow Darnell Mooney to take this step. So I understand kind of both sides of it, right, where Bears fans are saying you don't want to give up draft capital for a guy like DJ Moore. Excuse me, but. Here is my point with it, right? And the reason why I think the Chicago Bears should really take a deep look at DJ Moore. When you're talking about the money that the Bears are going to have next season, we're talking about the free agency money. We're talking about, okay, um, what are the Bears realistically going to be able to go out there and get, how are they going to be able to fix this wide receiver position, right? There's two things that have to be available. One, there has to be a want to from other people to come to Chicago and want to be here, right? Like if you're going to win in the free agency market, you have to have a guy on your team that you feel like, or you have to have a guy in free agency that you're eyeballing that you feel like, hey, this guy wants to be a bear. He's going to want to be here now. But the other thing that comes with that is the guys that you can actually go out there and get. And what I need Bears fans to kind of understand is, you might be trading for a guy that you want to be a serious guy anyway, instead of going out there and getting a DJ Moore. And at this point, right, like with how the free agency market is looking, you might be trading for a guy that's not as good as DJ Moore, or you might be waiting for free agency to get here, and you might be end up, and you might end up going after a guy that's not as good as DJ Moore is right now, right? And so here's the thing to me, not to say that I want to give up on these guys, not to say that I want to see the Chicago Bears lose these guys, not to say that I want to see the Chicago Bears go out there and and uh, um, give up draft capital i think the best situation for them would probably be if you guys and i'll talk about the trades in here as well if you guys didn't see the video that we had where i was breaking down kind of what trades i was looking at that i felt like okay hey let's go get let's get this guy let's not get this guy you have to also or let's give up this guy let's not give up this guy you have to also look at what's on the market right here's your free agency pool next year nelson aguilar dj Moore better Uh, Sterling Shepard is DJ Moore better DJ Chark is DJ Moore better Randall Cobb is DJ Moore better Marvin Jones is DJ Moore better Julio Jones DJ Moore might not be better there but like is DJ Moore younger and then you get the guys that are actually already here, Alan Lazard Uh, (laughs) Nikhil Harry right then you start to see some guys that you already have on your team so when you start to go through this wide receiver list and really break down some of the guys that are going to be on here you have to ask yourself are you putting yourself in a better position with what's coming next season by waiting for what's coming next season or are you in a better position right now if you just go make this deal And for me, I feel like right there's nobody right now that's going to put you in a better position next season. Now here's the thing, right? There's a, 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 and like I said, I I I'll, I'll talk about the trades on here. You're going to have to give something up. DJ Moore's a player that's a multi-time uh uh um a multi-time thousand-yard receiver. And I'm seeing Ridley. I think Ridley will still be under contract next season, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so he would have to be a trade as well. And he's a bigger name. So you're still giving up capital. That's an off-season trade play, basically. But here's the thing that I'm looking at. You've got some pieces that the Bears might not believe in anyway. You've got some pieces that the Bears might not look at anyway right now and say, hey, no, this is going to be a piece for our future. Unfortunately, they're pieces that I think many of us believe can play. Right? I broke this trade down earlier today. I thought it was an interesting one, right? You go out there. Unfortunately, it requires you to give up Tevin Jenkins. 2023 fourth, 2024 third you get DJ Moore. Sounds like a bad deal especially with the protection that we have around Justin Fields right now. It's not the trade that I would want to see the Chicago Bears make. It's not the deal that I would want to see the Chicago Bears put out there, but again, it's a deal that I think secures you DJ Moore. It's a deal that cuz you also have to remember there's other teams that are uh, bidding for DJ Moore as well. There's other teams that are looking to go get DJ Moore as well. So you're going to have to outbid them, and yeah, I don't want to get rid of Tevin Jenkins. I don't want to get rid of the draft cap- draft capital either. But here's the thing that I have that I think we have to talk about: whether we want to give these guys up or not. Ryan Poles seems to have made his decisions on what he thinks of these guys. Matt Eberflus seems to have made his decision on what he thinks of these guys, right? Like, listen, I don't want to give up Tevin Jenkins. I don't think that it's a great deal. But at the end of the day, the Chicago Bears don't seem like they want Tevin Jenkins. The Chicago Bears don't seem like they want to use Tevin Jenkins. The Chicago Bears don't seem like, like, we can want what we want, right? We can be in the comments and we can say, this is what they should do. This is what's going to happen. This is what we're going to, but at the end of the day, it's about what the Bears are going to do. And if you're not going to use Tevin Jenkins, see, right now, they have no choice but to use Tevin Jenkins. They're down alignment. They have no choice but to put him out there to play. They're down alignment. But when they had a choice, their choice was let's not go with him. Sam Mustafer's is the answer at center. We'll go Lucas Patrick at right guard. We'll go Cody Whitehair left guard. Right? So again, it's not deals that I want to give up, but if you're not going to use this guy in the long run, if you don't see this guy in the long run of your team, if Ryan poles or, uh, uh, um, um, Matt Eberflus don't see Tevin Jenkins in the long run of this team, then get me somebody that you do get me somebody that you feel like you want to use playing and play out. And that's why I brought up, I, I, I brought up a couple of trades, right? Like, uh, AGM said am I still blocked? Nah, AGM we can see your comments. Were you blocked? Did kid block you? Kid might have blocked you. Uh can't even say that he didn't. An- another deal that I thought about right. And and again, right, here's here's the thing for me. Why do we want to see the Bears using these guys or or going out and getting a guy like DJ Moore? Because you have to ask the question, are you seeing the progression of Justin Fields and what's actually holding him back? Now, this isn't a decision that has to be made tonight. It's not a decision that has to be made this week, right? This is a trade deadline to me decision. Unless somebody comes in and and is about to put a deal on the table and swoop this guy up and you don't have a chance at him. And even then, right, like I, I wouldn't be mad at missing out on it if the Bears did. But my thing is if you have guys that you're not going to have be a part of your organization, then get something for them. Unfortunately, right, it seems like there are a couple of guys that can play, but if you're going to have guys that are a part of this organization that you don't want as a part of your organization, then give me something that's going to help Justin Fields. Give me something that you're going to utilize week in and week out to help Justin Fields. that's my only point on why the Chicago Bears should take a deep look it's not because I want to get rid of these players it's not because I want to but it seems uh, because I'm ready to move on from either of these guys right like uh, by the way the other trade that I thought about that now there's a trade where I have just picks on the table right and, and I have that as an idea too but here's here's my Roquan deal essentially right you 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 trade away Roquan Smith Bears send Roquan Smith on a 2024 third you're sending me back some kind of draft capital coming into this season I get DJ More. You give me a 2023 fifth. We see that Ryan Poles can do a little bit in the draft with the fifth round. So I like the idea of getting a fifth round pick back, maybe. And I mean, get as much as you can. If you can get a fourth in that situation for this year, I'd take that as well, right? But the thing for me is another. Player that it seems like Ryan Poles has moved off of or another player that it seems like Ryan Poles does not believe is going to be a long-term Chicago Bear, which does suck, right? Again, Roquan Smith, one of the better linebackers in the NFL. One of the better linebackers in the NFL. But, again, if you're not going to use him in the long term get something for him. The worst thing the Chicago Bears could do heading into this uh uh or getting past is get past the trade deadline. You still don't get anything worked out with Roquan. You still don't get anything worked out with Tevin Jenkins. And then all of a sudden right you just lose him for nothing. Now we're just sitting here staring at the at the table and just, oh, well, uh, we could have had something here, but we didn't get that worked out. Like you can't have the same situation that happened with Roquan happen in this situation where you can actually go get something for these guys, whether it is DJ Moore or whether it's more draft capital or whether it's more trade packages or whatever it is. You have to get something for these guys if you don't believe that they're going to be a part of this team. And I'll say this as many times as I can. I want them to be a part of this team. The Chicago, no team, I, and here's here's the one thing that I feel like a lot of fans don't look at. No team gets better without talent. Right? Like the whole, we'll rebuild it from the studs up and we'll make it look good and we'll do all that. You have to have talent. And I'd rather have talent that I know is pretty good. I'd rather have Roquan on the team, but if Poles can't get a deal worked out with Roquan, Roquan doesn't want to get paid uh, the way that Ryan Poles wants to get it done right. Okay. Let's get something for him. And how Roquan's talking. If you hear about Roquan, uh, um, if you hear Roquan talking in the press conference, right? Roquan's talking like he's done. Roquan's talking like this is the last dance. I mean, he's talking like this is the last hoorah. It'll be over with after this season. Let's have as much fun with the boys as we can have this season because after this year, I'll be on somebody else's team. That's how Roquan Smith is talking. And we'll get to the press conferences in a second here. Um, But, but when you look at that, like. That's a tough situation for a new GM to be put into. I want to pay you this money, but I want to pay you my way because you're a linebacker. And at the end of the day the the situation that he's put in right Roquan Smith's an amazing linebacker. He's an all-Pro he should get paid. I want him to get paid. But at the same time, this is the Chicago Bears. Bear down, dot bears, whatever you want to say, the Hallis, the Ditka, the 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 Walter, the whatever you want to call it. We can find another Roquan Smith. And don't tell me you can't find another Roquan Smith because you can. Not to say they're a dime a dozen, but it's what we do best. It sucks that we have to talk about it like this, but to me, right, at the end of the day, you cannot allow these guys to leave the building for nothing. Now, here, here's my, here's my best-case scenario situation, right? Here's my best-case scenario situation with going out and giving a strong look at DJ Moore. You give up picks, and we get DJ Moore, right? Give up a 2023 20, second, a little bit high, right? That's going to be an early second-round pick. Maybe you can still... Find a, a, a DJ Moore or a better version of DJ Moore at that pick, but if you really want DJ Moore, right, you give up the picks. You get a sure thing. You know what it's going to be: 2023 second, 2024 third, a 2024 third, a 2024 fourth, um, and you get DJ Moore. And guess what? You hold on to Tevin Jenkins. You find a way to work out a deal with Roquan Smith. You continue to build these team up, with, build up this Bears team with building blocks. And you have answers not only at your wide receiver position, at your right guard position, but also at your linebacker position. and you still have your first round pick, you still have your third round pick, you still got your full, just about your full slate of picks to go out there and do whatever you want because you're not going to go out there and get a get another wide receiver in that situation in the second round, you're probably going to go look at Lyman. You can go Lyman in the first round, you can go Lyman in the third round. You can still go out there and find that guy that you really are high on. And to me, right, like that's a situation where if Justin Fields continu- continues to develop, guess what? Justin Fields is a solid quarterback. DJ Moore is 25 years old, thousand yard plus receiver. You got Darnell Mooney there who, yeah, we might have to pay him, bring him back right there. Boom. I'm fine with that. Now I got a solid one-two option. And best, 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 best case scenario, Nikhil Harry works out. We re him. He's your number three or your number one, or number two, whatever he turns into, right? Like, But you have a legitimate receiving core. Now, those are all the, if it if was a fifth, we'd all be drunk. But understand this. There's no linebacker you're going to go get in the draft by holding on to that draft capital that's better than Roquan Smith is right now. We can talk about, oh, it's, oh, let him walk, let him go. He'll be done, whatever it is. Fine. But at the end of the day, you still got to develop that talent back into something that's comparable to Roquan Smith. You've still got to develop that talent that's comparable to something that Tevin Jenkins could be at that right guard position. Whatever player you get rid of, you've got to develop that talent. You can't just get rid of it, right? Like, there's got to be something that comes in there to replace it. And so if you get rid of that talent, you have to then go out and draft that talent to get that talent back. And yeah, we can find another Roquan. I'm not tripping on it, but it's got to become a Roquan. Roquan already is. You don't get better by getting rid of proven talent. So I think that's, that's kind of the thing with me, right? If you're going to get rid of DJ Moore, or if you're, I'm sorry, if you're going to move on from Roquan, if you're going to move on from Tevin Jenkins, at least get something for it. I would love to get DJ Moore back in a deal. If there's another deal that's on the table, I'd be intrigued to see that as well. Um, I don't know. Kind of Calvin Ridley is an interesting one, right? Calvin Ridley. While I think that he's going to come back and be a nice player. And I think he's going to get traded to a team uh, where he's going to be, you know, okay the part that scares the heck out of me with Calvin Ridley is like when guys spend time out of football, they usually don't just come back and be the same dog that they always were. And I think that's the part that's, that concerns me a little bit with Calvin Ridley. But I mean, outside of that, right? Like you're, you're talking about, Still having to give up capital. Like I, I love the people that are like, well, you wouldn't have to give up as much because he was suspended a year. What do you mean? He was proven, and now there's a year off where he had no injuries, he had full rest, and now that makes him an unknown. What is he going to be coming back? Is he going to be better because he had a year off of rest? Is he going to be worse? Now unknown is more valuable than known, Always. The unknown is always more valuable than the known. When you know something about a player, the value is capped. However great that player is, right, it just means the ceiling is higher. But when you don't know, like right now, I'm going to be honest with you, right? Tevin Jenkins going through everything that he has, his value is so high right now because nobody knows what he's actually going to turn into. Nobody knows if, oh, if I get him back and we put him as a left tackle, what's that going to be? Or if I get him back and we put him in as as right guard, how's he going to be consistently, right? Tevin Jenkins has more value right now than he will ever have because of the unknown around what he will become. Once you know what Tevin Jenkins is, there's a cap to that. It can be a very high cap, but there's a cap. So if you're talking about trading for Calvin Ridley, yeah, that's fine. But don't think Atlanta's just going to get fleeced, and especially with Ryan Pace down there whispering in people's ears. You know he's not going to give him to Chicago for for a little bit of nothing. Now he might give him to Chicago for all of his old players, which I'm not that mad if we give him everybody but Justin and Mooney, I guess. But I'd I'd sign and trade Monty to him. I'd sign and trade Monty to him. <laughs> Oh, man. Hey, I appreciate you guys for tuning in and showing love to the channel. Uh, We're going to listen in on some of the press conferences uh, today as well because we do want to hear from our beloved Chicago Bears coaches and players. We got Justin Fields. We got Coach Williams. We've got Coach Getzey that spoke today. Roquan spoke today as well. So we'll listen in on all of those guys. Uh, Also, got to let you know that this, this episode is brought to you by Bird Dog Whiskey, the official drink of the Windy City Breeze in 2010. Bird Dog pioneered the flavor whiskey category and since that time bird dog has been upholding and trailblazing this space year after year i'm gonna tell you this right now me and p kid have personally enjoyed the peach flavor while watching the chicago bears win lose or draw and we want you guys to be able to do the same so check the link in the description below to see where you can buy your favorite flavor of bird dog whiskey uh listen the apple flavor Fire, peach flavor, fire. I personally enjoy the peanut butter as well. I think that that's a really good flavor. So I am, I'm, I'm telling you guys, if you want to add a great whiskey to your, uh, um, your liquor cabinets and stuff like that, make sure you guys check out Bird Dog Whiskey. Where the motto is, life is short, so add some flavor. Uh, let's go. Let's get, let's give a listen in here. Appreciate you guys for showing love. If you guys are in here right now, man, hit that like button, subscribe to the page. We do talk Chicago sports daily on this channel. It's the only channel talking bears, how bears talk. If you want exclusive Chicago bears talk, make sure that you guys are also subscribed to the Chicago bears breeze, um, where we get nothing right. Like tonight, we're going to be doing bulls live call. We're going to have bulls post game. There's going to be bulls and bears, white Sox, all of that on this channel, right? But if you want just exclusive Bears, subscribe to the Chicago Bears Breeze. We, we break down a lot of stuff over there. You're going to get more of the short-form content over there as well. So, uh, And if you're in here right like I, I see you guys in here, it's so awesome to talk, uh, uh, talk with you guys here. Uh, we got Quentin Adams in the building. What's going on, Quentin? Young baller in the building, raging in the building. AGM. AGM thought he was blocked. I don't think you've been blocked, AGM. Maybe you have. I don't know. Kid be blocking people randomly. Um, renewable in the building. Young baller in the building. What's going on, man? Who else up in this mug, man? We got Torian in this mug. Sean Bell in this mug, man. Dan Payton in this mug, man. Shout out to you guys for pulling up and rolling with us, man. We appreciate all the love. Um, let's get into let's get into listening to our coaches, though, man, because uh, we heard from Coach Getzee today. We heard from Justin today. We heard from Coach Williams today. And these guys are trying to set a bar. These guys are trying to set a tone with the Chicago Bears. Bob, what's going on? These guys are trying to set a tone with the Chicago Bears. And you know what? I think they're doing a good job of moving this team in the right direction piece by piece. Baki in the chat. What's going on, man? Uh, <laughs> Raging said, LOL. He pinned it on kid. Listen, listen, Raging. You already know i don't be blocking people raging if i haven't blocked you when you've gone on your rants on p will and stuff like that i don't be blocking people up in this mug
3: <laughs>
2: ko in the chat was good i block nobody bro legitimately i i, I love sitting in here having a debate back and forth if kid to block you like if kid if you if, if he feel like you're getting disrespectful he'd be like all right get up out of here um here's the thing all right let's 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 take a listen in man to our uh to our beloved OC and see kind of you know where he feels like the Bears can continue to improve and uh how how this team is going to perform offensively Thursday night versus the commanders we got football in two days boys let's let's listen in you said that last
4: week Did you
3: see in that in the film and how he took the next step? Um, you know, tons of progress. If I said that I don't, I I don't like using like those adjectives that are like extreme. I'm just not that type of person. So, um, but no, there's been progress, right? And we're sticking to the plan. Um, you know, he, I thought he put, did a really nice job um, in that game in the sense of like he kept his composure, right? They got off to a big lead. Uh, he kept the team together. Um, he did a really good job uh, of hunting completions for us, and then you know he had three or four unbelievable escapes that like were just ridiculous. So um, yeah, no, I thought he did an, a, a pretty good job. Again, it's, we're getting a little bit better each week, and that's that's truly that's that's our purpose. That's our goal.
4: He said that this is probably the most comfortable. That he has felt at the NFL level in a Bears uniform and part of why he said that was because he's realizing that he doesn't have to speed everything up to catch up with the quote speed of the NFL how big of a deal is that in terms of a revelation for him mentally
3: yeah that's the that's the experience part of it that is hard for everybody to have patience with and like he's it's cool that he's seeing that or saying that um, but but like where Hopefully, he's what he sees and how he views everything. Um, Ten games from now, hopefully, he can you know he can even say that more dramatically. Um, but that's part of playing this position. Like you can't you can't say or feel those things unless you experience it in the games. And and he's he's got more. You know he's you know he's got a few uh, a few more reps under his belt now. And so I think he you know he's starting to play within uh, you know his style and his ways. And he's finding his own way and within our system and. Uh, and helping his teammates around him and all that good stuff. So I think that just all – there's a lot that goes into playing the position, right? And so uh, each week, you know, he's been able to take on more and feel more and understand more and know whys and all that stuff. So I think it's just, it just kind of all plays into each other.
1: Coach, when you got here, you had no real way of knowing whether or not Justin Fields could be the quarterback that could lead your offense to a Super Bowl. I mean, you probably like some of his tools and whatnot, but now that you've been around him, are you more certain about that now? And, and was – this past game a step uh, even towards believing even more in that?
3: I truly don't think about that. I really don't. I mean, my focus is on helping him and these other guys get better each week. I, that's where my focus is, and um, and hopefully that, you know, it's not just him, but everybody else on this offense feels like they're getting a little bit better each week. Luke, I'm curious, how much latitude do you give him to audible at the line scrimmage? I know there's not a lot of time, but, like, when he comes, has
1: there been a little bit more each week as it goes on, or is it about the same?
3: I mean, we have a, we have a plan. Um, each week and he's been doing a really good job of handling that plan and so you know that was a question that people would ask all the time in my previous situation right that was always like a big deal and when, uh, when you had someone that's in the league that long like you gave them like like he called the two minutes and he you know he handled a lot of stuff we're not we're not going there yet you know what I mean that's that's down the road um, but no we we have a plan and there's a lot on his plate and so he does a great job handling it's not like we just call and run a play and then that's it First series, Justin and Darnell kind of crossed wires on that
1: play in the end zone.
3: The one that they missed, Yeah, uh, back left corner. What were the
1: coaching points for each of the guys on that play, and and what was notable
3: about the 39-yard completion that you had later in the game between those two? Just that there's more room. There was, you know, when you get moved down tighter to the – when you get down tighter in the red zone. You can't take such – you can't take as steep of an angle. And then Justin, you know, maybe just missed it a hair a hair wide. But you know, uh, when you had when we were the, the second time we ran it, you had more room where we we were in our own side of the field. So Mooney had all that extra room to keep him keep his route more vertical. What did you learn
0: about Justin in the two minute drive at the end? You know, obviously <clears throat> I would like to see what came of it, but what did you see in those plays before the fumble?
3: Uh, no, the, I, I, honestly, the biggest takeaway from that is the reaction after the fumble, right? We we have a breakdown in the protection. There's miscommunication, and we leave a free runner, and uh, <clears throat> you know he ends up fumbling the ball, and uh, we recovered it, and he got back up, and then there was more pressure, and he found a check down, and it went for whatever that was, 20 yards or whatever. So like to me, that's a really cool, you know, moment for a quarterback that can compose himself after that you know, and then make a make a really nice play like that.
4: Did you guys go into this game with more of a conscious effort to throw the ball downfield more?
3: No, I mean again, I think each week you look at you look at an opponent, right? And you look at them and you say, okay, where are their weaknesses and what have they had issues with, how can we exploit those? And then the second part is like where are their strengths and how can we avoid that, right? And uh, so throwing the ball deep necessarily against those guys isn't something you want to do a lot of because of those freaks they have up front. Uh, but we knew we had to do that in order to get explosive plays. And so, yes, it was a part of – I don't want to say it was more of a part of our plan, but it was definitely something we knew we had to do. Where's your comfort level in Keel, considering a
4: lot of time that he – had
3: been yeah, no, he's 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 still got a ways to go as far as like being ready to rock and roll, but mentally, like the, he's been locked in, he's been in the meetings and stuff. So he, you know, mentally, he's, he's a really sharp guy.
0: Justin's first Thursday game that he's playing in, about the amount of practice time you guys usually get. What are the biggest challenges for him to prepare for the Washington
3: team? I think it's what you just said. That's that's the hardest for anybody, right? It's, hard, it's the hardest for me in the sense of getting the messages across to the guys and, de- and delivering the game plan. You know, we're, we're, we're doing double time today where you don't usually have to do as much as we had to do today. Um, and so they got to be extra locked in. That's been the message. Uh, so for him, it, it's the same. It's, it's you know, you got to really grind it out here yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and then let, really let the game plan kind of settle in in your mind on uh, Wednesday night.
4: What about in terms of getting his role expanding? I think you said last week that it's going to be a gradual thing, but where are you in terms of using him more, Bayless?
3: Uh, you yeah, know, Velas has a, I mean, he, he has a, a, a pretty good role for us. And, we're, you know, each week we'll find ways to uh, where he can, you know, help us exploit a defense just like we do all the guys on our, on our side of the ball, not just him.
6: So what did you see from Justin in terms of sensing the pressure and just being able to stay in there and navigate it a little bit instead of taking off?
3: Yeah, I mean... It's not it's not like where we want it to be, and it's not good enough yet. But I think there's I think they're showing signs of growth there, and I think they're showing signs of you know being willing to sit in there and uh, go through progressions and stuff. So we you know we just he'll he'll keep getting more comfortable. He, every rep he takes, it'll it'll feel a little bit better for him each and every week.
0: talked about being in the quarterback room and is like for a defensive head coach to be in with the quarterbacks what a is that something that you expect to see often in the nfl sometimes it kind of feels like people work in silos offense and defense and what does that do for a young quarterback at this point of his development
3: i don't know if it's normal or not uh, but you know it's something that that matt and i viewed as really important uh one for um i think you know head coach being on the same page and having a great relationship with the quarterback is is critical um and the second part is you know his his perspective for all of us not just the quarterback but for me you know throwing things at, at flus all the time and and saying you know this is how we're attacking them and you know and saying he maybe he has a, a cool suggestion to help uh make us make it a little bit better so that's a, it's a really cool dynamic
5: I'm sorry. A week to week
3: how do you build on progress when you're facing a different team like the commanders might be taking away things that the Vikings are giving you. So, how much of
6: what, how much of the progress you made is kind of universal?
3: Yeah, no, that, I mean that's that's like the, that's like our league, right? That's what we do. That's so a really that's good part question, of it, right? I think like you don't just go out and say you're going to throw it 50 times. You don't just say you're going to go out and run it 50 times every single week. Like that's just that's not real in this league. Everyone's too good. Coaches are too good. Players are too good. Like. And so um, the progress is putting a plan together and guys being able to execute that plan. And if we can do that, uh, you know, that execution a little bit better each week, which it has, you know, we had a game, you know, New York, we had a bunch of mental errors. And so that wasn't good. And this week was way better across the board. So we just got to make sure we keep, you know, getting better at all that stuff, that execution. Going
6: back to that responsibility place on Justin is autonomy or that more of that autonomy kind of the goal with him to get him comfortable enough that he can execute those two minute drills that he can kind of do that on his own
3: yeah I mean we, we practice like stuff like that more than anywhere I've ever been and so like just giving him those experiences and practice is helpful and then but there's nothing like the game and the moment and playing in that loud stadium, you know that type of environment, a division game, all that stuff so all that stuff is just huge for him to, to keep experiencing as we grow together
0: I' saying it's not just the players that are more comfortable but the coaches are getting more comfortable game by game too. how is that manifested for you? What does that look like week to week your comfort?
3: Yeah, I think it's it's, that, it's the communication process during the week, um, you know, probably as much as anything, guys in, on the offensive staff feeling a little bit more comfortable with me and kind of seeing them, what, what my perspective is, um, and so those meetings have gotten sharper, um, and then on the field, really the communication has been great all year, so I've been really, really, really lucky to have those guys on my side, you know, Simo, and on Tyke, and all those guys, D-Walk, and... Uh, All those guys have just been really good for me, and um, and like I said all along, and we do this thing together. So we put a plan together. We all have our parts, and then we just we you know it's about getting our guys to execute it.
2: My bad. That's on me. That's on me. Had the had the intro still queued up. But uh no, that was uh that was Luke Getzey uh, essentially breaking down kind of uh Justin's progress, right? Like I I'm excited about the progress that we're seeing from Justin Fields. Um I, I think that he's really growing himself and putting himself in a position to where and I love that question, right? What are you guys seeing that at the end of the day is universal. What are you guys seeing that at the end of the day is going to continuously put your, put your team in a position to be successful. What are you guys seeing from Justin Fields that you feel is going to continue no matter what the defense takes away. I love that question. I wish I knew who these mugs were individually um, <laughs> just based off of a voice and stuff like that. Um, but, but that, that that's an excellent question. Right. And I think that's the one thing to me that Justin Fields has to figure out Luke Getsey has to figure out for this bears team to be successful. What are the things that no matter what, Justin's going to be able to do? And you know what? Right now it it is to me. At the end of the day, Justin's the best athlete on the field nine times out of ten. 9.5 times out of ten. And I feel like last week that clicked with him. I feel like last week was the first time where he was like, yo. They really can't keep up with me. They really like, oh, they got a spy on me. He don't matter. I can outmaneuver him. They don't, they're they going to put me one-on-one versus somebody. I can get past him. I think that's the biggest thing. that. And, and here's the thing, right? Sometimes you just need a game-changing player. Is Justin Fields developing into a game changing player? That's the part that you have to figure out in these next couple of weeks. That's the goal here. And I love how Luke talked about it, right? He said, I know people want to see this right away and they wanna they won't think it's just like you sit out there and you just it just happens, right? But I think we saw a click last week. Doesn't mean the, the, the rest of the season is going to be uh, uh, um, the finished product, right? It doesn't mean that the rest of the season, Justin Fields is going to turn into Patrick Mahomes. It doesn't mean the rest of the season, Justin Fields is going to be a top five quarterback in the NFL. But what it means is that he's starting to understand what the league is throwing at him. And like Luke he said, you have to have those game reps to get there. You have to have those in-game moments to get there. And Justin had to have those in-game moments while working in a system that isn't stupid. Right? Like, I really I really think a lot of people don't look at this as Justin Fields' knowledge-wise rookie year, right? Of course, it's not his real rookie year. Of course, you know, he's got some NFL experience. He saw things last year that definitely put him in a position to be successful. But knowledge-wise, this is his rookie season. He's literally learning how the NFL attacks him in a system that makes sense. So now, okay, now that I'm realizing that the system makes sense, now I'm realizing that the system's working in my favor, how do I manipulate the system when I know that I don't have the best talent on the field right now? How do I manipulate the system when I know, guess what? Sam is going to fall over. Said, Hutt. Oh, I'm dead. It's going to be Sam. Especially with Deron Payne standing opposite of him this week. It's going to be a long week. But you have to have those in-game moments. And guess what? It took five weeks for us to see the first step of progress. In five weeks, legitimately, that was... And, not. of course, it's not the first step that Justin Fields is going to take, Don Burson. Does my, does my Swift jersey come with Gucci loafers? I'm going to tell you this right now, Don. With how y'all played the last week... Uh, 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 <laughs> with, how, with how y'all played last week versus the Patriots. You might not be getting a jersey, my boy. <laughs> I wasn't feeling confident until I saw what y'all were doing. Um... But no, honestly, right? Like you have to you have to find a way for Justin to learn in the mess that he's in. And the bears seem like they're doing that. That's what it comes down to. You have to find a way for Justin to learn in the situation that he's in and guess what if he can learn in this situation that he's in right now imagine what he's going to be able to do when that situation don't exist and honestly here's the thing at the end of the day it's the nfl say we fix the offensive line say we go out and get justin weapons say we get a we, we keep the running game the way it is right all of those things happen justin fields is in the perfect scenario now he's living the life blah 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 center gets hurt Number one wide receiver gets hurt. Number one running back gets hurt. Those are the things you have to be able to navigate for you to have success. And guess what? There's some guys that they come into the perfect situation, and when they lose those pieces, they can't navigate that. You know why? Because the next guy's not as good, so they can't make him better. I'm not saying that that's going to be Justin. I'm not saying that Justin's going to be uh, uh, the the rest of the season is going to be the end-all, be-all for Justin Fields, right? But you're seeing growth inside the mess that we all know exists. It's like a rose growing in a street crack. You weren't expecting it, but it looks pretty good. That's what you have to continue on. And that's what we hope to see here this Thursday night. We got to take a look at the defensive side as well. Allen Williams' defense has looked terrible for most of the season. So let's give a listen in to what his game plan is versus the, uh, uh, I mean, let's be real, uh, uh, offense in the commanders that basically will say, I'll just give you this football and you kind of do what you want with it. So let's get listen in to Alan Williams and hear what he was talking about with his defense this week.
1: Yeah, um, execution. Um, you know what? We just looked at um, uh, some plays from, uh, from that ball game, uh, which we usually uh, do the, the, the night after. But um, we wanted to make sure that we uh, didn't overreact and took a l- good, long, hard look at, at that ball game and still execution. Um, they did make some plays, uh, but I still would like to think it's more about us than it is about, about them. It's still about uh, owning your gap. It's still about uh, reading your keys. It's still about tackling. It's still about, um, you know, doing those type of things more so than it is uh, about them. And, you know what, as a coordinator, I have to take some ownership of that too, that, um, you know, I, I have to call uh, call the better Better first half to, to help the guys out. I, I do believe it's player and coach, coach and player, so uh, it's it's both.
4: What was the great. biggest adjustment that you guys made after that after the
1: three? Yeah, I, I'm. Yeah, uh, you know, it uh, it, it's it's funny. I wish I could take you in there and and, and yeah, show you the film and uh, we just uh, I, I, I I'd like to be um, I'd like to be more entertaining for you. Uh, but it's, it's still execution, uh, running our stunts better, uh, tackling better, uh, forcing the football better. One of the things we said, we had needed to set edges and uh, stay alive on the backside, and, um, and we, we did that. And it's, it, it's, you know, football is not rocket science. It's still about owning your gaps. It's still about uh, blocking. It's still about tackling. We'd like to say it's, it's doing the ordinary things better than anyone else. And so uh, it was still the the ordinary things. Uh, um, I'd like to say I'm a genius and I came up with something great uh, the second half, but um, I, I didn't.
3: Did you, did you adjust at all, though? Morrow said there wa- there were some adjustments. Just, they were playing. It was pitch and catch between the quarterback and, and Jefferson and mm-hmm. Quarter seven catches, 75 yards. And was there was there a minor tweak?
1: Yeah, we played a little bit more too high, uh, too high defense, and uh, but we we did some of the you know we we took a look at um, some of the same plays first three drives and then the the last couple of drives before the half and then coming out of halftime and some of the same plays just executed a little bit better. Um, So the you know there were some adjustments a little bit more of one thing than another, uh, but not any big scheme scheme type of things.
3: When you say execution, what's a good example of how a play could have been better executed to negate it? Because it just seemed like, like Brad was saying, pitch and catch, it just seemed like he was throwing open receivers and pretty simple. So how can you execute better? Yeah. What's a good example of a play where you, better execution would have
1: been? Yeah, well, one of the things we said with, um, uh, with the receiver, we wanted to make sure that we put our hands on him whenever we could and then underneath guys identify where he was and drop so that um, so that when there weren't big open windows. We wanted to make sure one of the things we say, hey, slow to you know if it's zone coverage. So that means the backers aren't at the line of scrimmage. They're waiting to see uh, if it's run or play action. And if it's play action, they're dropping deeper underneath. Um, so their eyes are correct. Uh, corners, we want to make sure that they're getting hands on the receiver and so they stay connected if it's a, an over route. Uh, so they're just... Uh, yeah, execution type of things that um, the second half they ran the same play and we were more connected, had deeper drops and uh, it turned out to be a, a two yard gain. He checked it down to the tight end and uh, we tackled him for I think maybe four or five yards rather than uh, 13 or 14 yards. Uh, you know what? Every ball game there are a lot of calls. I talked to the guys today and uh, when, it, when we finish with a ball game and we may not have played the, the best we can, as a coach my job is to make sure that I, I help the players. That, that's number one, that I can help the guys. And then so if it, there's a play that's not successful I go, how can I help the guys be more successful? So with that I, I probably should have called a little bit of uh, too high a little earlier. Help the guys out uh, before, um, yeah, before the they scored, we got down. So that's where I think, hey, Alan, help the guys out. Hey, um, our like I said before, our guys are super. I positive love that he talks the in the third they look person. At me and they go, hey, Coach, Alan, just tell us what to do, uh, tell us how to do it, when to do it, what to do, and our guys are fantastic about doing that. So if you have players that um, that do what you ask them to do, ultimately. Uh, the burden sh- is on my shoulders, not the guys.
7: Yesterday's injury
4: report indicated that Jalen Johnson was able to fully participate. To get him back on a short week, what would that mean
1: for your defense? Short week, long week. Anytime we get him back, that's a good thing. So, um, no, it's uh, we're glad to have him back. the The great thing about uh, about him is that he's been attentive in all the meetings and participating, and helping the young guys out. So. That's another able body, another veteran body, another really good player that uh, that helps us out and it's another guy that um, that's been in the battles and um, communicates on the field to help the other guys out so um, I, I, you know I, I can't <laughs> over under overstate whatever that is uh, how much it means to, to the defense to have them ready to go.
0: Talked about slow starts as an energy and a mentality they need to come out with from the get-go. Is that something you can coach into these players, or is that on the players to take that onus to get off to those fast starts?
1: Me, uh, and, and it's me, uh, and it, it's my job to get them ready to go early on. Um, so it's completely on me, and I, I think the, the the better that we play, the more confidence that they'll have. Uh, starting off um, the second half we are you know I like to look at the positive parts of it that the second half that we're playing uh, lights out football um, and so we just want to make sure that we can move that second half into the first half first quarter uh, second drive second quarter and so we'll we'll look at see what we did the the second half and the energy that we bring the uh, the tackling the turnovers all those things make sure that they uh, we want those things to show up in the in the first half. Final touchdowns Last year,
4: spent last year, we spent last year in, in, in the same room as Wentz, or in the same building as Wentz. Mm-hmm. What does your knowledge of his strengths and weaknesses mean on a week like this? How does it does it help you?
1: I don't think so. <laughs> you know what? I I really don't. Um, uh, different coaches. I would like to think that uh, different coaches help players out. So you know, maybe if he had some weaknesses that uh, the coaches would. Um, Know those weaknesses on the, um, there in, in Washington and, and help him with some of those things and uh, a little bit different offense. Um, so I, I don't pay a whole bunch of attention into hey, Allen, you were with him for for one year and you know all his strength and weaknesses. We we faced him in OTAs and that type of thing and then we were our focus was on you know the other team, not necessarily our quarterback. So we just have to approach it based on what we see on tape, what we see on film, what we see him doing. And uh, and not doing, and then attack them from from that perspective.
0: Alan, a lot of head coaches choose to call plays, but obviously Matt Eberfluss does not call the defense. When you came on staff here, what was what was the decision like between you and, and, and Coach Eberfluss about you doing that and him taking on more, I guess, of the CEO roles? As a head mm-hmm. coach?
1: You know what? I'm not sure if there was a, a long dialogue about that. I remember that uh, some of the when he was in a press conference, they asked him about that, and and we had a conversation after that. He said, "Hey, Allen." Um, I want you to call it. I want you to put your stamp on it. I want you to do it. Uh, I want the guys to look at you, not to me, uh, for confirmation for any of those things. And he said, go, go with it. And ever since we had that conversation, I appreciated that. He comes in. um, It would be crazy of me not to use his expertise um, because he has a wealth of knowledge from a coordinator, uh, actually a – experienced coordinator and a successful coordinator so it would be crazy for me not to use his expertise which i do we do so as even though i call it i still would think um it's a collaborative effort in terms of uh, the things that we do i still rely on coach iberflusa a, a ton in terms of asking him hey how do you see this what would you do here uh, how do you like this pressure how do you like this coverage uh what do you think um I'm always uh, open to good information. Well, on that last touchdown drive for the Vikings, what went into the, your inability to get off the field? Obviously, they converted some third downs, but what were the reasons why that, that, that drive continued? Yeah, um, you, you mentioned it. Uh, we have to get off the field better on third down, uh, have to execute a little bit better. When there are plays to be made, um, we have to make them. Good defenses will, will turn the ball over. Good defenses will come up with a sack. The good defenses will come up with a, a tackle. And we just have to find ways to, to end the ball game and not have to put the, the offense back on the field. You know, I I told the guys today again, we're the Chicago Bears. We need to end ball games. That's what great defenses do. And so that's what we're working for and okay. that's what we're working towards and ultimately that's what we have to do. I like that one.
2: I like that answer, Alan. I like that. I, I hate that. I hate that he's talking to himself in the third person. I'm not gonna lie to you. Hey, Alan, this is on you, brother. And uh, you know what I'm saying? And uh, get it together, Alan. You know, Alan don't need. Alan don't take no messes. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> relax there, Alan. Uh, Coach Williams, uh, whatever we call you at this point. No, um, here, here's the thing, right? At the end of the day, he said a lot of good things there. A lot of things that I agree with, right? And there's one thing that he said that I absolutely, absolutely, absolutely am calling Cap on. Um, he doesn't believe that he has an advantage if, or, or coaching against Carson Wentz, even though Coach Flew saw him every week last week, or last year. Even though he saw him every week last year. Like, come on, dog, Like, you know, you know that they're not helping this guy get better. We know, we can see it now actually if you look at Carson Wentz's game right it's not as bad as one would think but that defense has actually been the part that has been cooked I had to go look at some tape on them the other day and uh, Carson Wentz while still giving the ball away while still putting you in a bad position um, hasn't been the worst player on the field uh, which is surprising to me but at the end of the day bro like I I think that that's something that does get me excited about this week especially with the Bears coming in versus the uh, commanders is that guess what we know what you got want to do we know what you guys or how Carson Wentz plays we know his tendencies we know and here's the thing that gets me the most excited we know what we can do to get to him and I mean mentally I'm not talking about just actually getting to him but mentally I flu knows. okay this coverage is going to cause him some issues this coverage is gonna is gonna force him into some some bad situations here, right? So like, I think there's gonna be a little more of a give and take, a little bit more, especially in practice this week. There's probably a ton of like, hey, coach, what do what do we what, what what do you what do you think is the best way we could play this? What do you think is the best way we can make this happen? What do you think we can, you know what I mean? Like, I, I I'm calling a little bit of cap on that, but I, I mean, listen, the defense has to play better. They haven't been able to stop the run at all this season. They've been one of the worst running defenses, if not the worst. I believe at this point we are the worst defense when it comes to stopping the run in the NFL, right? They have to figure out how to do that. A good run is going to help Carson Wentz. Um, And you got to get off the off of the field on third down. I believe they were the Vikings were 15 for 18 on third down 15 for 18 on third down. Samurai J. shout out to you with the super chat, brother. It's all good, man. So I, you know, like like you have to find ways to get the job done and finish the job. I love what he said at the end there. What the Chicago Bears? We got to finish it. That's what great defenses do. Yes, you are the Chicago Bears. Yes, you do have to finish it. But here's the thing, and I think it's the biggest thing of all. You have to start it at the right time. It can't start at 2.30. The kickoff's at 12. This Thursday, it can't start at 8.15. Kickoff's kickoff's at 7.30. You got to start it when the game starts. The Bears haven't been able to put together four quarters in a game yet this season. That is a problem. It has to start when the game starts. If the defense is able to get it started when the game starts, that's going to be an asset to this team. That's what you're going to want to see from this team. Uh, let's listen in to Justin Fields. I wanted to get the Roquan Smith as well, but uh, I got to get to our quarterback, and I have to prep for the game that is coming uh, uh, um. At 7, because we will be live calling the Chicago Bulls, so make sure that you tune in with us on that. And if you're on the move and can't tune in for the YouTube side, we'll also be live for the first time ever over on Twitter Spaces, where you should. We're testing this out tonight, so hopefully you'll be able to hear it. You should be able to hear my live call in Twitter Spaces, which means you can, like, close the phone, do all that, keep moving around, listen to it like it's the radio, all that good stuff, man. So tune in with us on that. because I'm excited, bro. If we're able to do this right, then we'll start to use Twitter spaces for the daily show. We'll use Twitter spaces for when we go live. We'll use Twitter spaces all season long, right? Like, so I'm excited for that. I'm hoping that we're able to get it to work tonight. And if we're able to get it to work tonight, we will continue to use it throughout the year for every single show. Um, Let's listen in to Justin Fields as well Uh, Hear what he had to say Kind of about um, his performance And how he felt after that performance And then I'm going to get up Out of here So uh, let's listen in to what RQB Had to say
4: Coaches are always preaching patience When it comes to your development Or any young quarterback's development Where is your your patience With everything? Do you ever get anxious and want to do More than they're letting Um,
7: you? I, th- I don't think you can. I think you know you can never rush a process. So um, there was a thing that we went over and chopped with the other day was just progress. It's taking uh, patience, uh, pursuit. What was the other thing? Patient pursuit and um, something else. But you know that's one thing that you have to look at. You know when you just you know your goal is to you know just have progress all year. All year uh, progress takes patience and um, yeah. So uh, definitely gotta be patient for sure. Was
4: this last game the most? progress that you've had do you think in your head at this level
7: um I think it was the most progress uh, you know results wise you know of course there's a lot of stuff you can learn from you know having a bad game or missing uh stuff of, and missing my like, calls or missing um uh, you know perception adjustments and stuff like that but definitely from a uh, result standpoint yeah for sure what
4: is the key to building on that
7: moving forward keep doing the same thing we're doing um you know, stay process driven. You know, making sure I'm, uh, you know, just doing everything right. And um, you know, just like I said before, just process driven stuff. You know, uh, proje- protections and stuff like that. So staying on on top of that stuff.
6: Justin, you said something interesting after the game. And correct, correct me if I'm misinterpreting or misunderstanding what you said, but it, you said to the effect of um, you realized you didn't have to speed up with guys coming in. You could play in your, at your own pace and in your own rhythm.
1: Yeah,
7: I mean. Yeah, so it's just like when you're throwing routes on air, what rhythm do you have? I mean, because playing quarterback, you have to have a rhythm. You can't just be one-time drop back super fast, throw it really fast. Like, you just got to stay relaxed, stay calm. And, I mean, we you throw certain routes all day, so just stay. Um, pretty much just treat everything like, you know, routes on air. And, of course, you're going to have to move in the pocket, this and that, you know, when D-linemen come, and stuff like that. But, yeah, I mean, as much as possible, you just want to, you know, uh, stay calm and, you know, stay in that rhythm that you have and, you know, routes on air when there's not a rush it took
6: you time to be able to get to that point where things where you could slow it down a little bit just being in a new offense and trying to adapt to that
7: um no honestly if i'm being real i think it has something to do with my breathing like i've been working on my breathing like during the games so like just you know in slow like four seconds and out slow and i think just doing that you know automatically like keeps me more calm um in the pocket and just really like during the game like <laughs> to be honest, I don't even like doing pregame speeches because I feel like I'm, you know, so much calmer than everybody else when the defensive guys are all, like, juiced up, ready to go. I just try to stay, like, chill, like, the the whole time. So, yeah.
6: It is an offshoot of that of slowing things down, or not of, however you want to put it, is it is part of that having better just awareness and understanding of where pressure's coming from and you know that you can just kind of move out of the way or move up from it.
7: Yeah, just knowing when you're uh, where your protection's going to and knowing, you know, uh, if they do send a blitz, you know, where where's the weakness of your protection and of course if somebody flashes through, you got to see that and uh just, you know, have like just presence in the pocket, kind of just feel it feel it out rather than, you know, look at it, but just feel it out. With the
0: breathing, mm-hmm. when did you kind of learn
7: that cadence and uh, actually yeah so we have a, a yoga instructor coming come in I don't know if y'all know but we have a yoga instructor come in uh, like two days before the game so I kind of just learned it from her just you know stay in like br- the breathing stuff and um it just you know allows you to stay calm and you know working out so I try to just work on my breathing like as much as I can really is it something you're doing between plays yeah like literally between plays like after the long run I'll come back and just like slow my breathing down and I feel like it you know I feel like I don't get as tired, like, in the game, too. So, I think it definitely um, has a lot of benefits, for sure. When did you
6: start trying to put that into action in games?
7: Literally, like, this week was, like, the first week. This week and a little bit last week. But, like, last week was, like, the first time I did it, and this week was, like, a good good one, too, for sure. So, uh, really, just two weeks now. hey.
4: Gave the, when you hey. give the pregame speeches,
2: you're, you're So the last two yet. weeks he's been trying to no, have his breathing like, technique, like playing the best? I feel like
7: there's a guy on the team that can give the team more juice than me because, like, I'm just, like, so chill to where, like, Roquan, you know, he's always juiced up, always banging music and stuff like that. So I feel like I'm just, like, kind of just calm. Um, don't really feel like yelling at the time, but, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll do anything for a little, little, little pregame talk. But yeah, most bombastic voice on the team?
4: Bombastic? Yeah, like loudest, <laughs> biggest.
7: <laughs> uh on the team that's a hard one that's
2: a- oh ho, 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 ho. Justin's too young to know about shaggy and bombastic oh we old y'all
7: <laughs> we old <laughs> so that's a hard one to say on the team for sure
4: chill like this that's one of the things Montgomery was talking about
7: yesterday. It was about,
4: he said, you're so calm. Bro. You're so calm. He had no other
7: to He calmed himself. Yeah. You know what I mean? So where does all that come from? Um, I mean, you know, it's, I think it's came with time, to be honest with you. It just came from mistakes, you know. Like I said, like after the game on Sunday, it's just like last year I felt like sometimes I had to speed up myself or just be crazy pumped up because everybody else is. But, you know, I think playing quarterback, the more you can stay calm – the more you can stay relaxed um i think the better you'll play and then like demo said um really just uh allow my teammates to stay calm in you know hectic situations or you know situations that are big just you know staying calm and you know act like we've, we've uh, been there before so it's all just
4: coming little by little as you become
7: a pro right I mean, like, yeah. you
4: know, sort of slow
7: down for you a yeah i mean yeah i mean just staying more calm and not really letting you know other guys affect me and you know how i operate
4: what, what does it do for the level of confidence, though, to, to see that things that you're doing between games is actually working, like turning on the tape and seeing that kind of progress? What does that do for your confidence?
7: Yeah, I mean, it does a lot. Uh, you know, just you know, seeing the stuff that we do during the week, um, you know, all the work we put in. So just glad to see progress, you know, week to week. And, you know, I mean, I think that just, you know, influences guys. Like when guys see me and Mooney staying late after practice, you know, hopefully that success, you know, during game day, you know, wants to make them stay after practice and, you know, get get some extra reps in, too. Do
6: you see that performance Sunday as more so a step towards something bigger rather than, like, an arrival?
7: I mean, yeah, that's not going to be the best I ever played in my life, so, yeah, for sure. Did
6: you see a lot when you were looking at it? I mean, it was certainly your best game this season. Um, when you were looking at it, did you Shout see out a lot UJ. of things? that were
7: like, oh, this could, Appreciate be, you, this
6: could be even better. This could be even better. Like, there's a lot of room here.
7: Yeah, I feel like there's always, you know, no matter how good you play, I feel like there's always going to be room to improve for sure.
0: Justin, how are you? Uh, appro- how are you approaching this Thursday night game? Your first short week as pro, and just the
7: things that change going in. Into- yeah, I mean, of course, shortened schedule. So um, you know, making sure I'm on top of everything. Um, definitely studying more at home, and you know, waking up early before meetings and making sure I just review it a little bit. So uh, you know, really just the main thing, just um, you know, making sure you're you know getting all your stuff in at home, and you know, making sure you're going to protections plays. Uh, first second third down stuff, goal zone stuff and um, you know just just making sure you're you're ready to go ultimately by uh Thursday night.
2: Very interesting uh uh things that we heard from Justin Fields there, right? Like he he's talking about kind of essentially what what he said in the long run right was, "Hey, I'm playing my game." For the first time, he was he was taking his time, he wasn't trying to be hype, wasn't trying to play too fast, he was taking he he was playing his game. And it felt like he was playing his game. That's that's what it comes down to. You've got to be you. You can't play at the pace that other people want you to play at. You have to set your pace. And it seems like Justin Fields is figuring that out. Again, figuring it out in a situation where it's not ideal. No matter what you say, the situation that he's in right now with Sam Mustafer playing center is not ideal. so to see him grow through that process is major the breathing thing is interesting i mean to each their own right like here, here's the thing every quarterback or every top player or every you know what whatever it is you i see musk talking about Shaba and shaggy hey listen i don't expect him to know Shaba. Shaggy I feel like is close enough but he's also like well younger than me as well so um but, but if you are able to develop through the issues Then all of a sudden you're talking about a player that the issues may come. The issues might pop their head back up. The the lack of an O-line, the lack of receivers, right? Those things can happen again. You, You go through injuries every year. This is the NFL. If you go through those things throughout the season, even after you give him those things, guess what? He has a place now where he can go to breathe, deal with it, figure it out in his own mind and understand, okay, this is what I need to do to get the job done here. I like hearing that from a QB. I like hearing that from a guy that, hey, this is the thing that I've, and we asked, and they asked Luke Getzi that question, right? What's the thing that Justin can do that'll continue for, uh, that'll continue no matter the situation. He just gave you something that he can do. Is it something small? Yeah, it might be to us, but to him that might be the thing that recenters his game. No matter the situation, no matter the game, no matter how often he's getting blitz, no matter how boom. I'm going to take my time. I'm going to I'm going to calm myself. And then I'm going to be able to go out here and play this game, no matter what the scenario is. And it, it is interesting that the last two games that he's tried out this breathing technique, all of a sudden he's played better. And you know how athletes are, bro. If you if you've ever been an athlete, or if you or if you still are an athlete, right? You know how, you know how we get. It's all about repetition, doing the same thing every single time. That's how you learn. To a certain point, that it becomes instinct. And I'm going to tell you this right now, if Justin Fields turns into the Bears' first Hall of Fame quarterback since Sid Luckman, the movie's going to be called, uh, Just Breathe. (laughs) Just Breathe. (laughs) Hey, man, I got to get ready for this Bulls live call, man. Um, I appreciate y'all for tuning in and showing love to another episode of the daily show. This will be up in podcast form as well. We're going to test out, make sure that you guys come through for the Twitter spaces and or tune in for the live call. I'm going to be live calling the Chicago Bulls game tonight. We'll also have the post game show. Um, so tune in with us on that. The, um, if the Twitter spaces work, we'll continue using Twitter spaces for the podcast side. So you can also check it out on the Twitter side. You can join the spaces, stuff like that. That's how it's supposed to be. I will see if that works out. I don't know, but, um, We'll, we'll find out the night together, right? That's what it's all about. We found out so much stuff together. Might as well keep it going. At the end of the day, man, uh, I appreciate you guys tuning in Show and showing love. As always, hit that like button, subscribe to the page. We do talk Chicago Bears daily on this channel. And if you want exclusive Chicago Bears content, you don't care about the Bulls, you don't care about the Sox, you don't care about the Cubs, you don't care about the Blackhawks, then check out – uh, the Chicago Bears Breeze that is also on YouTube. You can subscribe to that page where you'll get exclusively Bears content. You'll still have to come here for the podcast side, but at a minimum, right, you're getting Bears videos, Bears short videos, stuff like that, all of that over on the Chicago Bears Breeze. So check that out as well. As always, man, it's your boy, Path of Designer. Back at it again. Y'all stay safe out there, Chicago. I'll see y'all in like 40 minutes. Peace.